This is a podcast from the Queen City Podcast Network. There's good all around us. Let's hear about it. Welcome to Do Good Charlotte on the Queen City Podcast Network. I'm Pamela Escobar. In each Do Good Charlotte podcast, you will find out who's helping, who could use a helping hand, and just how you can spread around your own good. This August, Share Charlotte is celebrating Black Philanthropy Month. We're highlighting nonprofits that are Black-led and Black-benefiting. Today, we're introducing you to a group of people determined to bring mental health services to people in a critical time of their lives, their childhood. According to the CDC, one in five American adults live with mental illness, and a lot of times their struggles can be traced back to their childhood. It seems like an easy solution then, provide mental health resources to children, but not everyone has access to those types of resources. And even when they do, they aren't always represented. Only 6% of psychologists are members of minority groups. Therapy can be effective from someone of any race, but it's so hard to feel comfortable and get the most out of it when that therapist feels less familiar. And that's where the FACTS initiatives comes in. We're joined by CEO Aisha Yesherel and volunteer Melissa Pico. Welcome, guys, to Do Good Charlotte. Thank you for having us. Yes, I'm so excited that you guys are here. So, Aisha, we're going to start with you. So tell me, FACTS, what does it stand for? Family and Children Therapeutic Services. So why did you start the FACTS initiative? So uh, during our internship, myself and our co-founder, Gwen Harris, we interned together at a, a large organization that served children. And we really liked what we did there. And so we noticed a gap in care where not everyone was able to receive those services and not all of the therapists were treated fairly. They had really high caseloads, um, which caused them to be stressed out all of the time. And a stressed therapist is, is not the best therapist. It's not the person you want to have sitting in front of you. And so we had an idea Let's do this in a healthier way. Let's meet the gaps in the community. Let's serve children, but let's do it from a, a place where therapists are taken care of, too, so that they take care of the community. So the, when you say take care of therapists, what does that look like? How, how, if I worked for you, what would that look like? Not having a high caseload. So not having to see 30 clients in a week or seeing clients back to back. Um, we prioritize self-care, making sure you take care of yourself so that you can take care of others. So your caseload before, and we won't say where you were before, but where you are now, um, in comparison, you're, I mean, you're, you're a licensed therapist, so you're one of the counselors, right? Yes. Um, and so how much has your life improved now that you're working? Yes. So I see like half of the clients that I used to, um, which gives me more time for self-care. And it actually gives me more time to get to know my clients to be able to help them better. And who are your clients? So we serve children and families. And what that looks like is most of the times the child is our main client. But once that child comes through, we try to engage the entire family because what we have learned is that 
if we want to change a child's behavior, we have to change the environment, which includes the parents, whether that's grandparents, foster parents, aunts and uncles, friends, who's ever involved in that child's life. And how do you find your clients? Are, are you going, are you, get, are you getting referrals? Are you going to schools? How, how do people find you? So we're, through referrals from past clients, um, we have an outpatient program and we also have a community-based um, program as well where we go to our community partners and we set up shop there and we serve the clients. So like our biggest partnership is the Harvest Center. It's a homeless community here in Charlotte and they provide housing for people as well as case management and all kinds of wraparound support. They give us an office space to work out of, and we just provide mental health services for them. So that's a transient population. Are you seeing kids maybe one week and you don't see them again? Or do, does it change frequently? What's it like? The good thing about our community partners is that they're there for, you know, six months up to 18 months. And so we, we usually get to see it, see it through get to see progress. Yes. Now you brought someone with you. So Melissa, how, how did you find facts? How do you guys know each other? Oh, Aisha is a college friend. We went to North Carolina Central together. Um, I moved here from Philadelphia and basically was trying to find like a community where I could service myself. Um, cause that's what I do. And Basically, that's how I found the facts. <laughs> so you've been, how long have you been in Charlotte now? Two years. Two years. And um, how how has working with the facts, and I know you're not working, you're volunteering. Right. But how, do you, how does working through that um, has helped you find community? And what do you do? Um, it's helped me find community um, first by events and just being there whenever, like, they need me to help out, whether it's like picking up lunch for a workshop or, you know, just those type of things. And how, how important is it to have volunteers for you guys? So we're grassroots and we, we don't have a lot of funds. So volunteers really make our organization run. Like we could use all the help that we can get. And and for fundraisers and events, what 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 have you guys done in the past, and 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 what are you, what are you working towards? So that has been um, one of our struggles. Fundraisers, we are new, and we don't have a lot of funds to do fundraisers because you need funds to mm-hmm. get funds. You need money apparently. to make money. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and so that's our our catch twenty two. So we typically show up at like other people's resource fairs and. We set up a table and we we just provide um, information about our services. Um, about a year ago, we did have a gala. We partnered with uh, our actually first partners, a Fresh Start, and they are they provide case management service for people. Um, survivors of human trafficking, and so we had a gala with them where we hosted it in an art gallery um, that was gifted to us for use. 
and we kind of just talked about what it is that we do, both organizations, and we were able to raise enough funds for four of of their clients to go through full treatment with us. Oh, that's great. So, yeah, even when you're raising money, what you're doing is, is you're giving back. Tell me about the people that inspire you. Um, I understand that for you as a, a clinician that it's you're you're working in a better environment. Um, are your clients different than what you were what you had before previously? Does facts work with different people? Um, no, actually, it, the facts works with a very vulnerable population, and like I find joy in working with that population. I find joy in helping people grow. And and what does growth look like? especially when you're in in such a hard position. Yeah, and I think for each person is is different, um but growth is really having those aha moments when you are exploring your traumas and your traumas don't affect you as much as it used to where your traumas are no longer affecting you from being able to go to work and just be a successful person that that is what i would deem growth yeah yeah Melissa, when you listen, I, I understand that you're not necessarily treating people, um, but why did what the mission of facts and helping people? Um, why is that important to you? Well, I'm a mother of five myself, and just having a resource out there that can help provide that um, that need of like you know healing past traumas or whatever the case may be, even as a mom thinking that I'm doing the best that I can like you never know how you really how your actions can traumatize your children so I love what they're doing out here and giving back to you know essentially people that may not know you know how to find the resources it's a lot of people out here that don't know that you know they can get help yeah. yeah. And I and I think it's fair to say, I mean, I'm not a therapist, but everybody could use help. It does you don't have to be going through the worst thing in your life. Um and if you're a mom, I'm sure your kids they don't necessarily present with a a problem that you know of. Um mm-hmm. but it's it's beneficial for your kids to have an outlet besides mom and dad. Yeah. Yeah, I think what we see a lot is we as adults, we just operate the way that we were taught or either the way we caught it, right? The way we saw it. And that doesn't mean that it's, it's right or it's the most effective way. And sometimes people just don't know another way until they're presented with one. So we're focusing on Black-led um, organizations this month. Um, what do you think is the benefit of your organization being Black-led? I think it makes us more relatable with the population that we work with. Um, us being Black-led and having Black clinicians, um, it, it just opens that door for the stigma of, you know, like Black people don't go to therapy, right? Well, I'm a Black therapist um, and we have Black therapists here and that's that's not true. But in order to break that stigma, People want to feel comfortable, and sometimes feeling comfortable means I want to relate 
to you. Like, I don't want to have to explain what my slang means or I want to look at someone that that looks like me. Yeah, looks like me and, and maybe has a better understanding mm-hmm. of, of what I've gone through. You're saying, mm-hmm. Yes, for Why sure. do you say that? <laughs> um, because I, I feel like ultimately black people have a different experience. You know what I mean? So sometimes we may just be unrelatable. And it's, it's, no, it's no pun on, you know, if another person from a different ethnicity, you know, cannot relate but it's just like you know you just want to feel relatable when you coming in a lot of times from vulnerable situations that's essentially what it is yeah no and I I I think it I mean you tell me I mean people are if you're at ease they're more likely to open up so you're not I mean I would think that so much of your work is trying to get through build a relationship establish trust Mm -hmm. and you can't you know if you have barriers in place and one of them is cultural um that can be that can be difficult yeah yeah absolutely and I think any therapist any trained well-trained therapist can help anyone however that rapport building is the most important part. And if it's only going to take us two sessions for you to become comfortable versus if you're seeing someone else and it takes months and months and months before you're like, okay, I can trust this person. Yeah. And it's possible. I mean, for anybody listening, doing therapy, like I I tell this to my kids, like it's possible, like it's like friendships. Some people you're going to click with and some people you aren't. Um, So it's helpful if you um, can find and click with someone right off the bat. And we click for different reasons. It's not all, you know, our personalities and things like that. Um, When you, so how long you've been doing this? So this is our our fourth year um, as of, oh. Last month, that makes four years that we've kind of gotten started. We really, it was an idea, and we filed all the paperwork and did that and became official. And then we really started to see clients at the end of 2019. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got to do the pandemic and all that, too. Oh, yeah. So we started off as just wanting to be community-based, but the pandemic hit and so you can't go in the community and see people and so that's how we birthed our our outpatient program where we see people virtually and now that I don't know if the pandemic is really over or not but now that it has cooled off a little bit um, we can see people in our um, downtown office and where's that Bavard Street. Oh, okay, great. So people can come to you or they can still do telehealth or something like that too. Yeah, very convenient. And our our location is right behind the transit center and you can catch the light rail and and come and see us. Um, And so we, we try to make it as convenient as possible because what we know is people have already contemplated going to therapy and they're... It's so many barriers. We don't want, like, how am I going to get there to be another one of those barriers? And I guess one of the other barriers might be affordability. 
And so I'm guessing people, you're a nonprofit, so how do, how do, your, how do people pay or do they pay? Yeah, so if, if people have insurance, uh, we accept most of our, um, the major insurance carriers. We also have a sliding scale based off of income. Um, and our community-based partnerships, we have agreements with our community partners. We raise funds. We go for grants to cover the services um, as well as our partners so that the clients don't have the burden of paying that fee. Um, we also have an internship program where we have clinical mental health counseling interns who provide services um, depending on income, um, the most that anybody would pay is $25. And if someone's unemployed or really struggling, we offer those services for free. Wow, that's great. And so you're, I mean, you're kind of meeting the need both ways too, because like we said in the intro, there's not enough clinicians um, from your community in the first place. So now you're helping some of them get um, training and then at the same time, they're serving a community that needs it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, our internship um, program is open to anyone of any race. However, um, we have found that most most students that are black feel a bit more comfortable with interning under someone that's black as well. Um, because it's the experience on the other side, being a therapist as well. Yeah, for sure. Well, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about how people can volunteer with you and how else they can help. Where do you turn to stay in touch with the city around you? Broadcast news isn't what it used to be. And commercial radio doesn't scratch that itch. If only there was one place you could get it all, when you want, wherever you want, on your schedule, there is the Queen City Podcast Network. Listen to your city on your schedule at queencitypodcastnetwork.com and everywhere you get your podcasts. So welcome back. We're going to talk about how people can help. So Melissa is one of your star volunteers. Um, how can people volunteer like Melissa if they're interested? Yeah, if you go to our website, which is www.thefactsinitiative.org, um, on the page, it, and it's really user-friendly, you'll find a spot where you can click contact us and you can sign up to be a volunteer. We use volunteers of any sort, like whatever your skill is, we can use it in some sort of way. So, so Melissa, you, it sounds like, I mean, you have a friendship and a relationship um, with Aisha. Did you, um, you've, you've helped out with a ton of events you were saying. Right. Um, what do you like doing? What have you done that you've enjoyed? I like connecting with the people. Um, just learning about different ways that you can help in the community. I, I've never seen this side of things. It makes me feel important. I will say that. Um, it makes me feel like, you know, I'm not just here to, because I do struggle with things like that. Like, how can I be a bigger help? And it's the little things. It's the people that you touch. It's the people that the therapists touch. And 
you know, just feeling like a community, feeling the love of being in the environment where it feels like family. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think what's great is that if you don't have a ton of money, you can volunteer. But if you don't have a lot of time, people can donate. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that is... um, you know, one of the, the the biggest helps that we can get. Um, and just to kind of throw some numbers out there on our, our sliding scale and our partnership, $60 covers one session of therapy. Um, and so donate as little or as much as you can. Yeah, because what you're doing with that money is it's going directly back and helping people in the community so that people know that that sliding scale is there. People know if they lost their job, they don't have to miss therapy because um, they can't afford it. Right. Yeah, yeah. so that's huge. So um, $60 a session, um, people can give a lot more than that and pay for lots of sessions if they want to. So again, what's your website? www.thefacts.com initiative.org. Um, when you think about the people that you've helped, uh, you know, and providing that sliding scale, I'm just thinking about all the people that maybe would have never gotten any help if you didn't provide that, if you didn't give that sliding scale. I I, I mean, I'm guessing that that's, I mean, you see the real effects of the benefits of doing that. Yeah. A lot of people are uninsured or underinsured. And when I say underinsured, people have deductibles that they have to reach before their insurance will cover their mental health care. Um, And some of these deductibles are are so high that you won't meet it in a year. And most people can't, well, the population that we work with can't always afford to pay $100 for a therapy session. Yeah. So, uh, that's huge. That's really, really helpful. Um, I think it's wonderful what you're doing. I'm super impressed that you've figured out how to do it over the last four years. That's not easy. It's one thing to have an idea, and it's another thing to make it real. Um, and I know it's hard to be doing what you're doing. Um, what do you hope that people understand um, when, they, when they hear the FACTS initiative? What do you want them to understand about you, what you're doing? Yeah. Um, for one, I want the FACTS to be a household name like we provide trauma-informed therapy services um, and we provide it to the community it's low cost we have a sliding scale we're gonna try to make it work for uh, the vulnerable population here in the Mecklenburg County area so we want it to be a household name if you are experiencing a anything related to mental health, trauma, depression, anxiety, we want to be the organization that people can trust and that people will go to. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming in today. Do you know someone like Aisha or Melissa who are doing good in our community? Let me know. Tell me about someone or a nonprofit organization that should be heard on Do Good Charlotte. Reach out to me, Pamela Escobar, on social media. I'm Reporter Pam on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or go to the Queen City Podcast Network page and fill out the contact form for Do Good Charlotte. A big thanks to Share Charlotte. Make sure you use the hashtag DoGoodCLT and head to ShareCharlotte.org to find nonprofits looking for your help. There's good all around us. Let's hear about it.
queencitypodcastnetwork.com. Queen City Podcast Network.